Welcome to Rising Together, a weekly inspirational podcast designed and dedicated to honor stories of human resilience, creativity, and healing. I'm your host, Meg Collier. Thanks for joining me here. Hi, everyone. Thank you for joining me for another episode of Rising Together. Today, I'm very honored to share with you our very first Rising Reflection of 2020. Rising Reflections are really what Rising Together, the podcast, was built off of. They are stories of human resilience, people just like you and me that are traversing really big heavy, often emotionally turbulent circumstances in their lives. And these courageous humans come on here to be deeply seen, deeply held, deeply felt, and deeply witnessed in their story of how they rolled around and subsequently rose from the ashes. I knew I couldn't move forward with rising together without maintaining the real true nature of what brought rising together to people, which was this part of very vulnerable, very um, heart opening storytelling. So it is my honor and pleasure to share with you this first story today. And the story is from my partner and best friend, Colin Williams Welch. When I thought about the best way to bring rising together back to the people, back to the audience, I knew I wanted to share Colin's story. I do want to put a trigger warning on today's episode. Colin is going to share with us a very vulnerable, very deeply moving story about his experience in rising from the ashes after losing his six-month-old daughter in a drunk driving accident. While this event happened and this loss occurred 17 years ago, the lessons and the insight and the wisdom that Colin has gained through this experience is nothing short of amazing. And you will see that in his perspective and his um, storytelling when he shares uh, his story with us here in just a moment. The thing about grief, friends, is that grief comes in all shapes and sizes, and it often hits us in waves, and when it comes to rising from the ashes, it's not a straight line. It never will be, and when grief is wound up into that, which it almost always often is, it's unwieldy, and it's unpredictable, and the best thing that we can do is self-witness and make decisions and when we're not sure about what decision to make just be with the grief and acknowledge it and embrace it and what Colin shares today is really a, a document and a tribute to the type of man he is the type of person that he is um, and I hope that you see the same shine and inspiration from him that I get to see every single day so here we go Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Rising Together. Today, I am so excited, so thrilled, and so grateful to share the love of my life with you and document his story of rising from the ashes. I introduce to you Colin Williams Welch. Hello, everyone. Hi, Colin. How are y'all? How are you? I'm good. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. 
So to kind of set the stage, Colin and I right now are sitting on our couch in our apartment um, where we've been living together for the last four months, three and a half months, which is wild. And we've been very much caught up in this whirlwind love affair of finding each other and starting our lives together. It's exciting. I've been sharing some of that with all of you over on Instagram and Facebook and bringing you along for the ride and once again, Colin, thank you so much for chatting uh, with me. Today. Now there's a voice to the face. Now there's a voice to the face. That's true. So today, Colin and I are going to have um, a conversation around uh, his story of rising from the ashes. And so these episodes are quick hit doses designed to give you inspiration um, and motivation to keep pushing forward. And that's really one of Colin's life mantras is always push forward and it's something that he has um, imparted to me and shared with me and it's exciting to see where that will take us as well. Absolutely. absolutely. So let's dive right in here Colin. The whole purpose of us sitting down today is to capture a moment in time when you felt like your awareness, your life was kind of burning down around you. Absolutely. That moment of being in the flames and then kind of coming to do you want to bring us into that story and, and let us know where you were at when one of those moments happened for you absolutely absolutely uh around 2001 i uh got into a very um interesting and tumultuous relationship um which unfortunately instead of ending up with breakup like some should uh, ended up with a pregnancy that I don't think either me or the young lady uh, prefer to have happened. But as good people, we would you know we chose to take on the the challenge. Um, though our relationship was so minuscule in love uh, that it kind of created a um, issue in general. Um, it all changed in a very unfortunate event when uh, a DUI uh, accident happened. A drunk driver hit the car that uh, my baby's mother and child were in. Um, and uh, unfortunately, my child passed because of the car accident. Um, it was a very, uh, very, very dark time. And because of the issues with the relationship and the issues... Uh, that were very strongly at hand before the accident, um, the accident dropped me down into the darkest hole, you know, I could even visualize uh, ever. And so uh, that was actually the beginning of a very, uh, very, very dark yet somehow short time of my life uh, where I spent about three or four months deciding and emotion ooh, deciding and emotionally burning everything that I had essentially to the ground in order to recreate yeah. uh, because I, I realized that who I was, uh, who I had become, who I had let myself become, who I created of myself to the people around me, it needed to all go uh, along with the unfortunate passing of the child or else I would have just stayed in a very dark world. Yeah. Um, first of all, I want to salute your bravery for sharing this story with us. I know there are so many other 
um, people out there who have lost people close to them or parents who have um, had to say goodbye to their children and um, thank you for talking with me today about this because I know even though time elapses it's still a sensitive and poignant subject so absolutely, absolutely. I appreciate it um, I want to go back to those where you said you were in that dark place where you realized that you needed to transform that this very terrible um, devastating um, loss that you've incurred losing your daughter um, pushed you to say everything's got to change but I'm sure it didn't come that swiftly so that's the moment that I really view as like rolling around in the ashes right the fire has burned and here you are with kind of nothing left but yourself and your own thoughts and your own perceptions on the world what was it like for you in those moments where you were rolling around you know was it a straight line was it in and out was it up and down what did it feel like for Um, you well interestingly enough because I was on and you know, in true form trying to burn everything. I, it took going through every emotion to get there. So when, I mean, there were days where in a full day I'd be manically happy to, you know, on my knees crying to, you know, very angrily looking to somehow, uh, you know, find revenge and, you know, maybe use some of the strain that I have been feeling in my hands of trying to bend my hands being so tight Mm -hmm. that I felt like it needs to be around something, you know, to get kind of that feeling of, Oh, you know, let me get this power back. But it was in losing all of those and in going through the ups and downs and the bouncing all around that my brain started to see the true light, Mm -hmm. which was, um, that idea of there's almost a happiness still, even in the darkest place. Um, Because for me personally, uh, my mind can grow to such enormous places within itself that as deep of a hole I can put myself in when I'm depressed, I can almost rise so far away from that Mm. and it was seeing the ability to know that uh which started that cycle of okay everything's burnt down now let me let me start a now rebirth yeah uh but so there were times where it felt horrible and it felt like there was no it it felt like there was no end Mm. but it needed to end immediately so it was like a weird like a punishment of life. Yeah, you know? it's like being in that pain, you want it to end, but at the same time that became, that pain almost becomes a part of your identity. That grief becomes a part of your identity. And then like what I hear you saying is like how do you you're really faced with how do you transcend that? Because you're not the type of person that wants to surrender their life over to grief, although totally. I'm sure that comes through that's part of the ups and downs, right? Totally, totally. Um so w- you talk a lot about like noticing it, like noticing that that happiness like exists, that there is some some light in all of this darkness. What did you do to support yourself or what did your family or friends or loved ones do to support you in rising? Um, you know, what I really want to do here is impart some kind of just like things to think about for other people that might be traversing some really deep grief as you were. Absolutely, absolutely. 
one of the semi-unfortunate semi things about my path was that in order to burn things to the ground, and to, in order to erase that, I had to get rid of everything, and I had to be alone on a lot of the feelings. Uh, because I knew at that moment, uh, especially with this situation, it, 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 in a weird side note, uh, when you lose your child, people have a, an over-exasperated idea of depression in their head when you tell them that. So like, I there were points where I felt like I just didn't want to say anything to anybody because they would try to grow a depression for me mm. that I was not going to get into. And so it was definitely, there were times where I was like, as scared and as lonely as I could be, but knowing that I needed to be alone, yeah. knowing that I had to do it mentally myself mm -hmm. because the other people are just guides on this path. The path is our own. Um, one of the things that helped me see that, uh, you know, was my daughter. It was the idea that in her lifetime, which was only six months, unfortunately, she spent 5.9 months happy. You know, maybe the other times she was, you know, a little wet, you know, she had pee in her diaper and she was hungry. Those are the only times she had the ability to be upset. She didn't know anger. She didn't lose a job. She never had to pay rent. She never, you know, so there was a point of life that she saw that was the true happiness of life, which is I'm, I don't have piss in my pants and I'm not that hungry. I'm fucking happy. You know, I'm, I'm super, I'm super happy right now. And so if I started to realize that, I, you know, I'm 37 now, this was way, you know, this was 10, 12 years ago. Uh, at the age that I was then, I said, okay, did I spend 20, you know, five, tw 26 years of my life uh, extremely happy like this and only upset because, you know, I was, I wish I had something to eat? No, I was upset over losing jobs and not having money or wanting something or, you know, needs, wants, and, and material life. Mm -hmm. And it was that visualizing of separating yourself from reality because as much as we are part of this world, we are ourselves as well. Yeah. And, and it's that acceptance of, I have to accept that this is my path. And if, you know, whatever comes in my way, I'm going to take care of it because it's my path. You know, it's not, um, it's not a, uh, no one knows what's gonna happen on the path. There's no, right. you know. There's no guidebook, no, right? No, no exactly. Um, I hear you say something that I say a lot to, um, people in conversations around this which is you know your happiness is your own responsibility and more than anything it's an inside job um, so it's so interesting and so illuminating to me that you bring up this idea that you you know while you wanted to take that love and that support from other people that you know through their exasperation and their own inability to understand how somebody could traverse this level of grief like you know like looking at it from the outside in that you had to distance yourself to find that that serenity almost of like, how do you take this little bit and this little bit and keep building? Um, the last question I have for you today, my love, Colin, hmm. um, what is your, you know, some of your biggest takeaways or things that you would want to share with other people that are going through this type of loss, have lost a loved one or, you know, at the very similar, similarly to you have lost a child, you know, what would you want to tell them 
you know, being on, you know, the other side of the bigness of this grief. Absolutely. Uh, to, to, you know, unfortunately break it down to two very cliche comments. Uh, one being, you only live once. And that's so goofy and it's so weird, but it's kind of true. And yes, we're going to grow families. We're going to grow friends. We'll grow, you know, we'll put our fingers in things in life. That all matters to our soul, but it matters way less to our physical life. Mm. So knowing real things, we are born, we do die. The things in the middle, we're not going to know. There's no way of knowing. So why worry about the other two? Why worry about when you're going to die or if you're going to die? That's irrelevant. So when you have someone that passes or a friend that, that leaves or a relationship that goes sour or something where you lose something that had been so dear to your heart, mm. it's still, you, even if you were to lose a limb, you push forward because that's your life. That's the path you've been given. And, and it's, a, it's a very, um, you know, semi, you know, I, I guess Buddhist way of thinking like, you know, your rise to enlightenment is irrelevant to any other person's. Uh, so even when you have a child, so the lo- the idea that I lost a child in my soul weighs different than it would for others because I don't take on the burden of, you know, blaming myself for something going wrong on my path. It's my path. There is... In life, there is only two things, and it's either the right thing or a lesson. Because as soon as you see something that's the wrong thing, you just know that the next time you don't do it, it's a lesson. Meaning, yeah, you can sit there and be sour or be upset about what wrong things you've done in life or what wrongs have been done to you. But if they're irrelevant, they're lessons. You know for a fact if someone's done you wrong, you just X that person out of your life. You won't be wronged that same way. If you are, you X the next person out of your life. Or you see that those two people are different and the real problem was you. Mm, like a, what we allow, we perpetuate. Exactly, right? exactly. Yeah. And so just like you started with, the always push forward. Because these are our only paths, you just push forward on it. You just keep moving on it. There's going to be, you're going to get dirt on your shoe on the path. You're going to get shit on your shoe. You wipe it off, you keep moving. If you lose your shoe, keep pushing. If you lose a leg, keep pushing. If you, it, it, there, nothing matters except for you pushing forward because you have a linear life and there's an end to that line. Yeah. And if you didn't use that part of your life to go forward, you sit, you're on a dot. You ain't no, there's no line, it's a, <laughs> it's a dot. Yeah, and I, I love the idea that of, you know, the, I love the idea of thinking about the linear path that we're on, but also kind of the spiral of the experiences that we have, right? Like, and that's really highlighted in this idea of looking at things as like something great or a lesson because that lesson, you know, it doesn't become something wrong that you need to like berate yourself over or like pain yourself over or um, punish yourself for. I think there's a lot of people out there who have you know, lost people or have lost things, jobs, money, whatever, who are berating themselves for it. Or parents who think, you know, I know a lot of people who have lost children to overdose, you know, different, but in the same vein, 
um, who blame themselves. I could have done more. I could have been there. You know, I'm sure you probably in the very beginning stages went through all of those, all of those scenarios. And that's real. Like that part of it is real. And I think that these rising reflection stories are really about seeing it through that fire and, and those flames can with a little bit of oxygen, you know, come right back up. And until you've really squelched it and done a lot of that inner work that you've talked about finding the space, giving yourself time, it's only in that that your experiences, right, become bigger than your grief. And that's how the grief begins to shrink. It never becomes smaller. It's just that things grow around it. And the lesson of always push forward is something that has positively impacted my life as well. It's kind of just a, a APF is a, an acronym that we throw around here in our home a lot. And it's really helped me overcome some big things in the last few months and some things that maybe in retrospect, I would have blown out of proportion, but didn't need to be, you know? And um, I think when we do commit to figuring it out and healing our hearts and going inside, we have, you know, this, this tenderness waiting for us, this, you know, self-love waiting to be unhatched. And I'm, I'm so grateful you found that for yourself. I'm grateful for you. Oh, the <laughs> pleasure is all mine. I'm grateful for you too. I was huh. going to say too, yeah. like, uh, just a personal thought opinion, like you, unless you are telling yourself daily how great you are, you do not have the right to tell yourself how be- wrong you are. Mm, you do that's not so have powerful. The, you do not have the right to degrade yourself or to blame yourself or shit if you're not giving yourself credit for everything else. Yeah. Because that's how it works. Yeah. If, if you're getting blame, I, you know, you also take credit. And then that's, so that's, that's the real meat. The meat on that T-bone. The meat and the potatoes. I am so grateful and so honored to have had this conversation today with you, Colin. Thank you for sharing your story, for sharing um, your daughter's story, and for continuing to push forward in the face of everything that comes at you each and every moment. I'll try. (laughs) Thank you for having me. Everyone, if you want to learn more about Colin or me, hop on over to togetherinrising.com and you can get today's show notes. Outside of that, friends, be good to yourselves, be kind to one another, and continue to unleash your greatness into the world. Thank you so much for listening to Rising Together. This podcast was edited by Sharon Rudiman of Wild Women Healers. The podcast is hosted by me, Meg Collier. You can get today's show notes at togetherinrising.com forward slash podcast. To support Rising Together, consider subscribing and reviewing the podcast or becoming a monthly supportive member. Thank you from the bottom of my heart to yours for being here as we document the journey of rising from the ashes. Thank you.